Welcome to episode 35 of the Decided Heart Effect, where we invite you every week to listen to dynamic guests who share their journeys and their tips to living with authentic purpose. I'm Hillary, my co-host Sonia, and today we are joined by Steve D'Anafio, who is passionate about uniting people in harmony and inspiring them to action. He first came to our attention when we saw him speaking globally for the Model UN and we're like, hmm, interesting. We feel this resonance in his messaging of hope and service. And so we, we wanted you to meet him. We wanted to get to know him better, a little bit selfishly. So welcome, Steve. Thank you so much. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you into this world of trying to help people find more peace, more harmony, more things that unite us? Mm. Hilary, Sonia, thank you so much. I, it's so cool to be here. And I, I do, I have a passion for bringing people together. And it's, I guess you'd say business, it's a brand, but it's also, it's deeper than that. It's um, you guys talk about the decided heart moment. And, and I think that's why I, I love what you guys do and what you're sharing, because it fits exactly with my passion for helping people take personal responsibility and understanding that they're not victims in their own life, just like you guys talk about. And I think that's why this is such a fun connection for me. And um, I'm a speaker and a trainer, and I've, I've had a long, fulfilled life. I was a U.S. Army guy way back in the day. Um, I, was, I was lucky enough to live in Japan for 15 years of my life, ran a business there from 2000 to 2015. Um, and so, uh, but the moment that really connected me with the importance of bringing people who look, think, and believe different together, and the idea of bringing people together in harmony to have a better world actually happened during the first Gulf War. And as you know, and in the early 90s, uh, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Uh, there was a coalition to then liberate Kuwait. I was part of that, the US Army piece of coalition. So as the ground war began, um, I was in the US Army as the infantry and I was in a cavalry scout unit at the time. As the ground war came to an end, one of our jobs was to go through the old battlefields. We were to go back through everything that was blown up and destroyed and basically look for unexploded ordinances, maybe some booby traps and leftover people, something that wouldn't kill children. And as I was walking through, and if you've seen the military movies and you've seen pictures, oftentimes war or military things are glamorized. And I would, I'd be honest, when you are in all this equipment and you're walking through the desert and you have this cool gun and all this other stuff, you actually feel really powerful. There is a, a sense of pride a sense of power and, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's so cool. But as I was walking, I came across a glossy piece of paper that caught my attention and I picked it up. And as I stood there in the desert and I stood there in this feeling of pride and power, I looked at a picture of an Iraqi soldier and his family, a wife and some children. And I wondered, is he still alive? By the looks of the vehicle next to it, my guess would be no. Maybe he escaped, maybe he didn't. And then all of a sudden, that feeling of pride and power changed to sadness and shame. As I wondered, if he's dead, why? What has war done? War has taken a husband away from a wife. War has taken a father away from children. 
is there a purpose to it sometimes? I don't, yes, maybe. But could there be other ways besides killing one another to solve problems? And so as I sat there, four words ran through my mind over and over again. Four words that I've heard many times. But this time they penetrated deep into my soul. The four words are simple. Blessed be the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the peacemaker. And I thought to myself at that moment, you know what? Although I am proud to serve my country, I want to learn to be a peacemaker. How do we begin? We begin by connecting with people who look, think, and believe different and learn who they are and get to know them as human beings and discover our commonality. And that began the journey. And for years and years, I was able to meet many people from many different countries and cultures. And today I I just call it the rule of harmony, but that's where it came from. That was my decided heart moment to get into bringing the world together. Steve, my, I'm feeling my heartbeat. Like just, I mean, speaking of a decided heart moment for me right now, I'm physically feeling my heartbeat increase. And um, first of all, thank you so much for your service. I come from a family. Uh, my husband was in the military. My father was in the military. And actually, Hillary and I are just, we just finished a book, um, Cassandra Speaks um, by Elizabeth Lesser. And it's, a, it's about power and the definitions of what power is. And it's incredible to hear the armor that you were wearing that defined power. I mean, it was things, it was tangible, heavy things that protected you. And this, the internal strength, the vulnerability for you to, to, to shield, to um, release it with your heart at that moment, wearing all this stuff, but redefining power in this vulnerable moment to me is, I mean, it's a super, no one can do that easily. And so no, I'm resonating. It wasn't easy. <laughs> What'd you say? It wasn't easy. Well, and then, you know, the power of an image yeah. and, and then being aware of what that image represents. It's just, it's impacting me in a, in a big way right now. I, I love that too. I think that I'm, I'm so, thank you. First of all, I feel honored that you sh- shared your story with us just in that way. And part of, of that story that is in, that I think is important for people to understand. And then I want to move us into, to really, how can we start to have that moment as well? Because it it takes more than one person having that moment, something that has really come to the forefront and, and an idea and something that I've been studying lately is this idea of how do we look at an entire group of people and not see an individual. And in that moment, that's, that's what, because we can become desensitized when it's like all of those people over there. But you talked about an individual story, an individual father, an individual husband. And I do think there's so much validity and key into challenging ourselves on a daily basis to connect and see, truly see who is across from us rather than just blindly moving through. And I would really love to hear, Steve, what are some of these things that your rule of harmony, what does that look like? How can we start to make that a part of our lives? Because we need it. We, we need more than ever to unite. Thank you. Yeah, the rule of harmony is a, a simple acronym, R-U-L-E. That's it. Just, it's not that hard. I use that. It's not technically a rule, but the acronym fits really well. That's why it's called the rule of harmony. And because I'm so simple and R is this, and R is about taking responsibility. In fact, if we were going to put it in terms here, R is about the decided heart moment. 
it's the decided heart moment that we take control and take responsibility for that. Now, if I were to ask you this question, so if we were live, I might, and we had a studio audience, I might say, hey, write the answer to this question in the box. I'm just gonna ask you guys to follow through with the answer to this question. One of the things we talk about responsibility is we must admit there is or admit we have what? How would you finish that? Admit there is a, well, how would you finish that sentence? There's so, a, a need. A need. Yeah. What else? What's another way to finish the sentence? Admit that you have a. Yeah, the, well, the responsibility is what comes to me. Like I have, I well, have. Taking responsibility begins with admitting yeah. there is a. Where have we heard this before? Problem, right? Oh, problem. Yeah. So yes, I'm with you now. Like I was already, I'm like, yeah, I got you. We have a problem. Let's go. <laughs> right. And that's what we, and that's what we do. So admitting there's a problem is like what everybody talks about, but you know what? We can always point fingers. There's a problem. So in the rule of harmony, the R stands for taking responsibility and admitting there is a solution to every problem mm -hmm. that is out there. We want, I want people to admit, in fact, you can write now, does it mean you don't acknowledge problems? No. Uh, you know, toxic positivity is not going to help anybody solve any problems. We have to recognize roadblocks. We have to recognize that problems exist. But if we then allow those problems to then trap us to be victims in our own circumstances, because, well, there's no more money or this, and we point the fingers. When we take responsibility and we say there's a, we admit there's a solution to every problem, two things happen. One is we put the blame for our life on ourselves and not someone else. But two is we move from hopeless to hopeful because now we're empowered. Hey, wait, I admit there's a problem and that problem has a solution. And now I admit there's a solution. That solution begins with me. Jim Rohn, the famous speaker once said, nothing changes until you do. And so now it's time for us to say, yeah, there's a solution to and put the problem down. So here's the action step I encourage everyone to do. You just simply write a sentence down. There is a solution to blank and write it down. Yeah. There, so when you're sitting at, oh man, I don't have any money. I don't have any of this. Identify the problem or the roadblock and then write this sentence. There is a solution to, and write that down. And now look at it and say, okay, now that I know there's a solution to the problem, let me begin to explore strategies to get there. And it's my responsibility, not somebody else's. But when we take individual responsibility, we also stop blaming other people for anything. And what's really funny when I, when I talk about this is after people come to me and say, Steve, I love this talk, especially the part about responsibility. I wish my boss was here to hear that because they really need that. I, and so now people are going, yep, I know who needs to hear about it. Look at politics, they're great. Listen to politics. A newscaster will say, what do you think about personal responsibility, I say, that's great. Those guys over there, they really need to hear the conversation. Right. I, I love that you say that so much because I cannot tell you when I do like the one-on-one -on -one coaching, everything that you're saying right now, I can't tell you how many times where it's like, okay, well, what's the problem? And they tell you, so what do you think, like, what would it look like if, well, that person would, I'm like, no, 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 you don't have control. Well, that person would, no, 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 no. Well, I want the person to not feel, still, no, you can't control this. <laughs> And if we're really honest, let's be honest, we are the viewers out there watching you and you yourself, and we're almost perfect. So probably 98% of all problems are that person over there. For sure. And that's okay. But here's what I want you to do. I'd like you to own the 2%. Yeah. And within the 2%, what can you do? 
And if you begin there, real solutions can take place. Mad action equals mad results. Mm. Now, I didn't say success. I said results. Sometimes those results could be disastrous. It could be a terrible result, but that's okay because you did something. You could fall, and that's a whole different talk. But when we begin to take responsibility, the most important thing that happens is we take power back mm-hmm. from the circumstance and we say, I've decided in my heart, my decided heart moment is I have the power to change my life and to change this world. Mm-hmm. I have the power because there is a solution to poverty. There's a solution to homelessness. There's a solution to, and I'm part of that solution. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get busy. Mm-hmm. You want to feel empowered, write down your problems and then write, I admit there's a solution too, and write it down and own it. Own that there's a solution and that will get your, your creative juices flowing on how to solve it. That's what R is. And we jump into you and you is simple. Understand self and others in deeper, more meaningful ways. Because once we admit that we have the power to change everything, now I have to decide who am I and how do I connect with you? So I have to start understanding my own and, you know, the fancy buzzwords are unconscious biases. What are my, you know, and we can talk about fancy college words and stuff. And I'm a simple person, so I don't. But what is it that I believe in, like and dislike? And what are my values? Understanding that values are different than beliefs. Values are different than likes and dislikes. So often we fight over beliefs and likes and dislikes, but we share same values but we confuse those two. If I say, do you believe human life is important? You'll probably say, yes, that's a value I hold. Well, guess what, me too. If I say to you, do you believe we should get rid of poverty around the world? You'll probably say, yes, that's a value you hold, me too. Now, how that looks may be different, but if I can find a common value, then we can begin a relationship. One of the things as you're talking that really strikes me too is, is I think it's so important, Steve, for people. I think when, when people show up for understanding, and I'm putting for people listening, I'm doing that in air quotes, um, for understanding, they show up and they think understanding is about a monologue and me convincing you of what I believe. Instead of understanding me means me showing up with curiosity with detachment and with compassion to really hold space to, again, you can't find a solution if you're coming at it from the same place all the time. And you can't learn new things unless you lay down all of those preconceived notion and notions and truly have a dialogue instead of a monologue. Mm-hmm. You are so right. It's showing up. My, one of, uh, Trevor Noah, one of the famous comedians, yeah. has a great line in his, in his standup and he says, Travel is the antidote for ignorance. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't understand people because we've never spent any time with them. We listen to what other people say about a group. You mentioned earlier in our pre-show chat, they and them. We we have individual people are what we're talking about. And I've, I've had relationships with people from over 40 countries. And I promise the old cliche, we are more the same than different, isn't a cliche, it's actually real. The same thing that will make someone smile in any country in the world will make everyone smile. The same thing that will break a heart breaks everyone's heart. Right. And can I just, I just, I just want to also with the work 
but I do, you know, it's teenagers, right? They're young, they're forming into their people of their own. And one of the, the questions that I raise in terms of, where, you know, college counseling, where are you going? Why? Well, we talk about beliefs and values, but how did, who, who was part of building those values? Who was part of influencing those beliefs? And the goal for me is to just, just turn them upside down, shake it up a little bit, because, you know, children are vulnerable in that. They, they absorb the values given to them. And then as, as soon as they become young adults, they have to decide which ones am I keeping? Which ones are truly mine? Did I, do I have different beliefs that support those values or do I have different values? So, you know, I, I think about, again, the responsibility of us raising or impacting young ones and helping them, you know, question, these are my values because, and I truly believe in those things. And so I, you know, I thought, I think about I love that. that. And also I would say helping them understand the difference between values and beliefs. For sure. And values and likes and dislikes. For sure. We can, we can, we don't have to agree on everything, but we can still share values and we can still be friends. And which leads us to once we start understanding ourselves, and once we begin to truly, as you mentioned, with compassion and show up with curiosity, you know, curiosity and compassion creates connection. That's what I, I love. I mean, curiosity plus compassion creates connection. And that's when it becomes really a real thing. And that leads us to L, leading or leadership. The idea that it doesn't matter how old or young you are, you can be a leader in harmony. You can lead in connecting. One of my greatest leadership lessons was from the army when I was first in basic training. Basic training in the US Army is about 16, 18 weeks, whatever it is these days, I don't remember. But one of the things they do is that as each person was given, not everybody, but they would select certain people to take leadership roles of the squad or the, the platoon during the time. And I was a little bit older at the time I went in and I so much wanted to be a leader. I worked so hard wanting that position. I wanted to be in charge. And I got passed over again and again. And I thought, okay, I just, what I need to do is help everyone. When someone gets a leader, I need to be an amazing follower. I need to help them. I need to support them, make them look great. I knew that much, that that's what I needed to do. And so that's what I would do. And I, over and over, in fact, there was one time I was helping one young man. Um, they put him in position. He was failing miserably and people weren't respecting him. And I thought, that's, we got to figure this out. I got to help him get some more respect. Well, one evening, we got the dumbest assignment ever. It was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night and the drill sergeant had told this guy what to do. And he says, listen, he says, well, there was some raccoon problems by the dumpster. This was, it was in Georgia and it was cold and raining. And he says, I need one person to go outside and stand dumpster guard to make sure the raccoons don't get in the dumpster. And I thought, this is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. And I thought, you know what? All week I have backed this guy up and saved him again and again. So I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be me. Nope. It took him like eight seconds to go, uh, D'Onofrio, we need you to go do this. And I'm like, inside I'm like, dude, seriously, I have helped you survive the entire week as a leader. And your last thing is to make me do the dumbest thing on earth. So I went, I, I smiled and I said, yes, I'm sorry, I'm going, I did it. And that was the end of that. Fast forward to the end of basic training. 
we get to sit down with our drill sergeants and they say, would you have any questions? And I said, yeah, I was never given leadership and I'm kind of mad. And I'd like to know why. And my drill sergeant laughed at me. He literally started laughing. And I thought, this is not funny, dude. I'm kind of mad. I worked really hard. And he says, obviously you don't know anything about leadership. And I said, what? And he goes, leaders are not about position or titles. He goes, you don't have to be told to be a leader. You are a leader. Apparently you're the only one who doesn't see that. And he goes, I didn't need to put you into leadership to see what you do. He goes, we all knew you were the leader. If you ever remember that, you'll go far. Leaders are not about position or title. So every young person can lead. Every high school kid can choose to lead in engagement, which is, by the way, E in the rule of harmony, R-U-L-E. E is about engagement. You can lead in engaging with others who look, think, and believe different. You can, you can take responsibility. You can understand them. You can lead your friends and peers and break those barriers and say, I'm gonna go to this other group and hang out with them today at the lunch table. I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go talk to my neighbors. Unfortunately, the most segregated time in the United States of America is Sunday morning, 11 a.m., when we all run to our little self-segregated churches. Mm. When we should be coming together and not separating ourselves. So we engage with those who look, and here's how you do it. Here's my challenge to everyone out there. This is the action step. So our first action step was to write down the solution to your problem. Write down the problem, write it down. The second one is to action step is to really look at others with compassion and want connectedness. Now it's leading by example. So we're going to take the step and we're engaged with those people. My challenge is this, whether you do it virtually or live when we're allowed to, at least once or twice a month, intentionally find someone who looks, thinks, and believes different than you. Have a cup of tea or coffee if you have to, but I like tea. Have a cup of tea and get to know them. Sit down, let them tell them and hear their story. That's all you have to do. See, leaders, and so sometimes we have to go back to what, Hillary, you brought this up. It's how we listen. And it's not about us, it's about them. And you brought up, it's not about convincing them. A leader knows it's not our job to be right, it's our job to do right. Mm. So when we go and connect with people, it's about that. So I, that's what I want people to do is find the time to connect with those who look, think, and believe different. Sit down and have a conversation and you will discover you actually are more different. That's the simple rule of harmony. Take responsibility. Admit there's a solution to every problem we face. Understand others and yourself in deeper, more meaningful ways. Lead by example with connectiveness, curiosity, and compassion. And get and stay engaged. That's it. That's the rule of harmony. Um, man, the words that you're dropping down, it's just getting, it, it's so aligned with what I think, what I believe, what I feel. And um, again, I have to bring back college admissions. I'm sorry, Hillary, but the word <laughs> engagement, when you said engagement, and um, that is, that's everything. And we're such a culture right now in my in my world it's all about college admissions which is such a fixed mindset well what are the requirements what are the top schools everything's so fixed and research has shown 
that success and happiness as adult has nothing to do with ranking top schools, leadership positions. It's everything to do with engagement. So it's like, you kind of wrapped it up with the bow for me and like um, redefining experiences that um, again, I'm bringing it, our children should have, should always question engagement. And because I always say, well, what leadership positions should I have? Are they, colleges ask for a list of activities. What's the titles that I should have? And I'm so frustrated with the whole conversations we're having about higher education that I put that all in the trash. And the for me, the rule is, I mean, it's applied to everybody. Um, but to me, I, my heart and soul is, you know, um, our young people. I'm curious, unless Hillary, you want to um, interject, but have you ever had a really hard conversation? Like you invite someone who's so different from you. I'm sure it's not always easy to have both people agree to meet over that tea or coffee and have that conversation. No, but here's, at first I was like trying to force myself into it, but then I realized there's enough people who want to mm. that we have, we're a, science and research has shown that we're, we have the ability to influence people within about a six degree radius. And if we're talking, you guys are college folks, if you're talking about a bell curve, the closer you move to the middle, the more influence you can have. Don't try to change the people on the extreme ends. It will never, ever happen. And you'll just stress yourself out. Look for the people in the middle and start bringing those people closer this way. You can engage three or four degrees to each side of that center and start bringing people this way. You'll have more impact. You will never be able to, nor should we even try to exchange extreme, change extremist views. It's, it's a waste of your energy. There's enough people who are like, I don't know. But once you connect with them, they fall in love with you. Creative Society Project, which I recently spoke at, is all about doing that. And one of the things that I spoke, I spoke for five minutes at this conference, but what brought, I literally brought tears to my eyes was not the conference, it was what I saw after. And that was this. I had, because I was on Zoom in the back, the back room, the hosts are like, hey, come and check. So we kind of were out there before we went live and after, and they said, so we just could quick, they, they pinned the screen with our tech people. And a bunch of people in Ukraine had run to the big space and they all brought their personal computers. And there was about 15 people who were live streaming for us. And then they brought up three, a person from Moldova and a person from this country. And all of a sudden I realized that there were people around the world who look, think and believe different, who were all working together to accomplish one goal. And it, was like, wait a minute, it actually can be done. The other thing I want us to do is stop letting whatever government you listen to tell you who your enemy is. We are told Russia's bad, China's bad. If you're in India, Pakistan's bad. If you're in Israel, everybody's bad in the Middle <laughs> East. If you're in the Middle East, Israel's bad. It doesn't matter. We have to stop telling, letting the national media and the big people tell us who we can and can't love and who we should hate as our enemy. Because I'll tell you what, there are so many people around the world who deeply care about this. There are so many people who've had a decided heart moment that are connected with what you guys are doing right here. You guys are part of this. This is why I love your platform and what you're doing is reminding people that you're not victims of your own making that a decided heart moment says, I take responsibility and I'm free to do what I wanna to do to make an impact in the world. 
That's why I love what you do. That's why I'm impressed so much and so deeply inspired because you're helping people discover their own decided heart moment. And when enough people do it, guess what? We'll see change. Steve, I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much. I'm so humbled by your words because clearly I just feel uh, for those who we haven't actually spoken about this yet, but after we saw Steve mentioned on social media, I reached out and made a little connection and we, and he said right away, he said, let's have a cup of tea. <laughs> let's talk. And an hour later, uh, I felt so filled up and so moved and so joined in this idea of, of really truly being on this mission to help everyone own their own personal strength and power towards peace and harmony and seeing one another, not in the, not in the woo woo version of Kumbaya, but in the truest, sincerest form of, um, I guess I, I want to, I want to share this image that comes to my mind, which is, you know, we always hear talk about a candle and when you light a candle out of the darkness and all of that. A long time ago, I let go of that because one candle lights just a small space. And the image that comes to my mind instead is flashlights. And when you were talking, I feel that way too. The flashlight comes from this single beam, mm -hmm. but it spreads out as you were talking, the degrees, the degrees, and it keeps going and it continues to spread. And when it does is it continues to push darkness out. And when someone else has their flashlight and the same thing is happening, pretty soon those beams join together and we have this beautiful, beautiful light. And that's what was going through my head as you were talking. Mm -hmm. Somebody who truly, truly gets and understands we can make a difference as an individual, but not when we're doing it alone. But when we seek the connection, the engagement, when we find people who have a common heart for this, then we can continue to fill each other up and leave people and the world better than we found them. And you do that daily. I wanna thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing with us and sharing with our listeners and our viewers, because I truly feel like we will all go into this day and into our lives moving forward, if we choose to have a decided heart moment, making things just a little bit better. That's so cool. I know we're about out of time and I appreciate you guys so very much. May I have permission to close with a story before I turn it over to Sonia. Absolutely. It, it connects with the it connects with the flashlight thing. There's a philosophy in South Africa called Ubuntu, and Ubuntu means I am because we are. But there's an old story. It's called and there's an old story, and I've I've changed the ending for my own purposes because I like it better. Um, but basically, it's about a, a gentleman who he and his friends would go walking on the beach on a regular basis every morning. They go out to the beach, and you guys are in California, you get it. And they would walk on the beach just for exercise early in the morning. And one day, as this man was walking, he, he noticed a boy very frantically throwing things into the ocean and running back and forth. And he, he was like, dang, what's this kid doing? He's got a, lot, got a lot of energy there. And he couldn't help himself. He had to walk up and find out what's going on. So he, he approached the young man and he said, young man, what are you doing? And the boy looked up and he goes, sir, sir, I'm saving starfish. And he crippled him, he threw it in the ocean. And the man went, shook his head. Oh boy, he says, son, you're wasting your time. You will never save all these starfish. In fact, there are hundreds of them on this beach alone and there are miles and miles and miles of coastline. You have no chance to save all these starfish. And the boy now looking a little dejected picked up a single starfish and he whispered something and he threw it as far as he could. And he said, I saved that one. And the man said, yes, so. And began to walk away. And he said, the boy said, Mr. Mr. Wait. 
And the man turned around, what? He goes, you want to save a starfish? And the man was like, what? And he goes, do you want to save a starfish? He goes, it's easy. You pick it up, you tell it not to come back and you throw it for a second chance. Why don't you save? But now the man felt a little guilty because he almost made the boy cry. So the man picked up a starfish. He's about to throw it. He goes, wait, you got to tell it not to come back. Okay, don't come back. And he threw it. And a smile came across his face. And the boy said, didn't that feel good? Mm. And the man said, yeah, kind of did. And he picked up a second one. Soon enough, the man's friends came. He said, what are you doing? And he goes, we are saving starfish. <laughs> Pick one up. And they did. And as more and more people came, more and more people got involved. Just like the flashlight. See, one person can't make a difference, but one leader who will influence the action of others can. When you have your own decided heart moment and take responsibility, you then influence others to have their decided heart moment. And before long, the whole beach is picking up starfish or the whole world is solving problems. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you, Steve. I think one thing is there is a solution to saving all the starfish. <laughs> so thank you for joining us this week for the Decided Heart Effect. We do hope you better have found something that inspires you to just take <laughs> one little action. If it's not, just bring home rule, bring home rule um, to your life. So don't forget, subscribe to our um, YouTube channel the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Um, we are also going to continue this conversation on our social media platforms, Instagram and Facebook. Also connect with either of us individually. Hillary is a life strategist and I do college counseling. Um, so we have those resources to help you with. So until next time, may you have the courage to have a decided heart moment.